illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me from an undisclosed, fortified, underground location, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beach. How you doing, Beach? Oh, I'm doing okay, Billy. I'm I'm a little itchy tonight. We got eaten up by mosquitoes the other day. We did get eaten up by mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, my oh my god! It was like getting attacked. Yeah, there was a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah. So yeah, for those of you who don't know, when we got out there at what five thirty in the morning? Yeah, once the sun started coming up, we just had mosquitoes all over us. Oh, they were eating us alive while we were setting up that the tailgater. Oh, nuts. <sighs> Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk some beaver sports, football, tailgating, and kind of screw around along the way. Today, Beach, we'll have a little beaver sports news. I think we might have an update from Eugene coming in. That's cool. We're going to go under further review with week one in the Pac-12. We, we going to go any deeper into Merkins? No, I don't think we'll have any Merkin talk this week. I guess, although now we already have. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I you, took you it there, didn't I? Again. Um, we'll have a Tommy Tuberville jackass of the week to hand out. We're going to have okay. a preview of the week two games in the Pac-12. And then we'll do a little, we'll kind of talk about Hawaii, but not much. And then we'll do a little tailgating 101 at the end. Another top seven list. At the, at the end. end. Just want to remind everybody... To uh, leave us a voicemail, you can leave us one at 541-207-3586. Email us, heinrichtailgatergmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Heinrich Tailgater. Um, you can also check out Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook, and you can check out, the, check out the Heinrich Tailgater website for all the latest Heinrich Tailgater menus. All right, Beej, ready to talk a little Beaver and Pac-12 news? 
Yeah, let's Maybe. do it. Let's start with a little women's volleyball. That's my favorite sport, Billy. I love women's volleyball. All right, Beej. The Lady Beavs swept the Utah State Invitational over the weekend, beating Utah State, Idaho State, and St. Mary's. Sweet. Um, head coach Terry Laskevich got his 100th career win at Oregon State over the weekend. And just today, Mary-Kate Marshall was named the Pac-12 Freshman of the Week after tallying 51 kills over the weekend. You know, I wish other sports had kills. It just sounds more impressive. Don't you mm-hmm. think? True. <laughs> you don't listen. You don't care. I'm like the color commentator here. You just, you get the facts and you just don't give a crap about the, the, the cream I bring to the game. Well, Beach, <laughs> uh, the Beavs uh, are now 3-0 and and they take on the Pacific Tigers in the Seattle, in Seattle at the Red Hawk Invitational. They also play Lafayette College and host Seattle University this weekend. A lot of weird schools involved. Well, because you've got schools that don't play Division One football, but are Division One in other sports. It's kind of like okay. basketball when you've got like Marquette and, you know. Yeah, those Providence. obscure teams that have really good bas- Yeah, that have really good basketball. Right, but teams. they don't play football, and so you don't don't recognize them. How many teams do the the volleyball? I mean, you, you don't have. I mean, do you have twelve in the conference, or is the conference actually larger than the Pac-12? I mean, I know there's other teams, but like they have these invitationals and stuff. How many teams are actually playing against? In the invitational? Well, it's a, like a three. Team, do these invitational it's a three team round? These have been three team round robins. And do they impact our ability to go towards? I don't know if there's a national yes, to, title to, for to playoffs. Yes. Is that so? Everything record? counts. Okay, it's overall like record matters. Or basketball. That's, you know. Okay, basketball makes yeah, more you want, sense. You want to win, win as much of that kind of stuff as you can. So. Okay. All right, Beach. Moving on to women's soccer. Ooh. Okay. I love women's soccer. It's my favorite sport. All right, Beach. Well, the women's soccer team had a tough week, going 0-2 and one. Last week, losing to North Texas and St. Mary's and tying Loyola Marymount. They should not be able to end in a tie. That is why soccer is a worthless sport. That's one of the reasons I agree with you. Yes. Now, the Beavs are 0-3-1, and they host Cal State Fullerton on Friday and Eastern Michigan on Sunday this weekend. Okay. They play on Sunday? Wow. Personally, I think that's one of the reasons why BYU would never be asked to join the Pac-12 because they don't mm-hmm. play on Sundays. Do all the teams – soccer plays on Sunday, do the other teams? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Hmm. You rarely see a I football get... game on Sunday, but think softball, baseball, basketball. Basketball Basketball oh, plays yeah. on Sundays? Yeah. Okay. Especially with TV now. So you've only got so many TV slots to get all those teams in. So. Gotcha. Okay. All right, Beach, let's move on to men's soccer. Okay. Yeah, not your favorite sport? Not even close. So the Beavers beat Evansville and the University of Central Florida over the weekend to win a second straight Nike Portland Invitational this last weekend. They are now 2-0 and heading to Wisconsin this coming weekend to take on Wisconsin-Milwaukee on Friday and Marquette on Sunday. Mm, Sweet. My um, uh, Jenny's husband went to Marquette. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. He's, he always roots for the Ducks, but he's a graduate from Marquette. Mm. So never even never even knew what the hell Marquette was. Yeah, well, now you know it's in Wisconsin. So, I know they've got a men's soccer team. And they've got basketball. As I was really? thinking basketball, yeah. Right. So, 
Evidently not much of a football team, though, since he roots for the Ducks. I don't think they have any football team. So there you go. All right, Beach, moving on. Uh, No wrestling news this week. Sorry. Nothing from uh, Corvallis? Uh, No, nothing from Corvallis. The season hasn't started yet. Practice hasn't started yet. So a couple weeks and they'll start practicing. Uh, And that's the same for Eugene, right? For who? Uh, for Eugene, for the for the Ducks, they they they're they're not playing yet either. They're not wrestling yet either. I mean, I'm sure they're playing grab ass in the dorms, but I, I, hold on. Oh, oh, Beach. Yeah. Do they have a game this weekend? Do they have a match? The Ducks dropped wrestling. Oh. Forget that. Every freaking week I forget that. It's like I'm getting Alzheimer's Pretty or something. Pretty much, huh? <laughs> yeah. So 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 they don't have a team because they gave it up because they wanted they wanted to bring in more what was their excuse? More what was the reasoning? More I shouldn't say excuse. Kids, uh, abilities to get scholarships. Because they just didn't give enough in wrestling. Yeah, that were all Oregon kids. Okay. Because they replaced it with baseball, yeah. right? Okay. And how many how many students play baseball for him from Oregon? A couple. They get a okay. lot from California, though. Uh, well, you know. Well, you know the California people just come up here anyway. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> All right, Beach. Let's move on to the football news. Um, some sad news over the weekend. Former Oregon State player and Hawaii high school football legend, as a coach and player, Edward Skippa Diaz, passed away on Saturday at the age of seventy from stage four gastric adenocarcinoma. So it sounds painful. It's not good. It's not good. Wow. Um, he's been battling for a while, but um, he just wasn't, wasn't able to, to keep fighting anymore. So stage four, that gets pretty aggressive. Yeah. Um, now Diaz. Now what? Um, so how long ago did he play? Well, he was 70. About- so, so probably about 50 about some 50 years, ago. years ago. Yeah. So now he okay. was a high school standout in Hawaii before playing for the Beavs, where he was an all Pac-10 defensive tackle. Uh, actually, he's probably Pac-8. Well, back I, I was going to say, was it Pac-10 oh, or Pac-8 back then? He played pro ball okay. in, the, in the CFL before returning to Hawaii as a very successful coach at several high schools. So hmm. he was a fierce competitor and uh, known as a uh, very good recruiter for the Beavs out there. We felt very highly of Oregon State, so. Cool. Hey, hey, Beach. Is yeah. that the teletype I hear behind you? Hold on, Billy. Here it is. Hold on. Let me pull it off. Billy. Yes. This just in. A proposed University of Oregon golf course near Cresswell is chipping along behind the scenes while developers work out land use, wetlands, and water issues. Last month, a group spearheaded by U of O alumnus Mick Humphreys secured a two-year extension on its county land use permit, plus approval to add another building to its plans. Plans now include an 18-hole par 72 course, a clubhouse with a pro shop and dining room, a team building with men's and women's showers, and two or three maintenance buildings. According to plans submitted to Lane County, they also plan to water the greens with treated wastewater from the Cresswell Treatment Plant with a backup from a two-acre lake uh, 
he, the developer plans to dig on the property. Interesting. In a, in a completely unrelated note, the University of Oregon football team is scrapping plans to relocate its training facility to the new university golf course. A team spokesman said that a misunderstanding of the golfing term greens led to the confusion. <laughs> I guess they don't understand what a green is in golfing. In golf? <laughs> probably not down there. We thought they were going to get something else. <laughs> probably a nice. little bit, huh? Nice, nice, nice. I didn't know that the University of Oregon didn't have a uh, golf course, a home course. I, I didn't know that That's either. Surprising. Yeah, you would think, especially from up here where there's so many you know, golf courses, you'd think there would have well, been one close up. You know what really stinks about, about, I read a little bit about this, you know what stinks about that? It's What, does it, what stinks, Billy, is it that goes to the water? <laughs> no, it's not going to be open to the public. You're kidding no, It's me. only going to be open to uh, the athletes and alumni. Are there enough athletes and alumni down there to keep that thing funded? Obviously, they think so. Now, Oregon State has a golf course. Tristing that's a Tristing Tree, but that's open to the public. Yeah. So there's times where it's yeah. closed down for university, university use, but anybody can go out there and play. For, for a fee. Yeah. Well, I mean, and rightly so. I mean, I would think they'd need to make revenue because that's a lot of real estate you, you got to take think. care of. And, and those greens don't mow themselves. No, so even just a little bit of money coming back. Maybe they thought they could get away being that the greens might be something different over there that they would, they would be well, self Well, they're going to have a clubhouse and, and, and food area and all that kind of crap. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, I can't see that happening. I mean, you got a dining area there. Yeah, I don't know either. All right, Beach, good uh, update from Eugene there. Always something interesting happening down there. Yep, yep. Very, they're very organic yes, down there. Yes, they are. They like their green very organic. All right, Beach, ready to go under further review for week one in the Pac-12? Let's do this, Billy. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Let's go and catch Touchdown! All right, Beach. So I have our picks here. Now, the good news is I have our picks here from last week. The bad news is I don't have Kyle's picks yet. What the hell is Kyle doing? Uh, you know, he's falling down on the job. I hate you, Kyle. So anyways, what we'll do is we'll go I'm... through these picks. You and I will make our picks, but okay. I'm not going to upload this episode until Kyle gives me his picks. And then are and you going to go I'll back in and cut I won't cut them in, but I'll write them down. And then next week when we go through this, I'll say what Kyle's picks were. Okay, because if Kyle doesn't get back with you this week and the games get played, then I say Kyle gets cut out and he loses them all. Yeah, yeah, maybe. He's a, a no-show because penalties have to be done for people that break rules. All right, Bees, yeah. you ready? They can't just get a hand slap and get told they lose, like, you know, a, a single scholarship and crap you're, like you're that. Or make their or, – or put their coach who left and tell him he can't come back for four years after his four-year contract with the NFL because that crap just isn't right. I don't think – Kyle has Bill Gates, or I don't think I mean, Kyle not, not, has not, Phil Knight money. Oh, I wasn't talking about Phil Knight or anything. I was just making yeah. a point. All right, Beach. Well, I think it would take Phil Knight kind of money to get those kind of sanctions. Oh, okay, so okay. All right, Beach, ready to move okay. on? I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't alluding to any, any particular university or school okay, or Beach, anything. Thursday night games. First up was Idaho State at Utah. And I picked yep. Utah on this Across one. Across the board, all three of us picked Utah. Did we all yes, win? Yes, uh, 
Kalen Clay had two returns for touchdowns, and Devontae Booker rushed for two more scores to boost Utah past Idaho State 56-14. Utah posted three touchdown drives of less than 42 seconds and added two other scores on kick returns. So, scored a lot. You know, they scored 56 points, but a lot of it was might have been the ineptitude of, Ohio, of Idaho State. So, mm-hmm. we all got wins there. Uh, still good for the yeah. Pac-12. Okay, moving on. Rutgers at Washington State. I picked Washington State all on this one. Not three th- of us picked Washington State. Yes. Really? Yeah, we all lost. Uh, quarterback Connor Halliday completed 40 of 56 passes for 532 yards and five touchdowns, but his fourth down pass for River Craycraft near midfield with 53 seconds left was batted away as Rutgers beat Wazoo 41 to 38. You know, I just love the fact that no matter what coach they bring in, they all inevitably cook it. Well, to a certain extent. Part of that is, Beej, did you watch the game at all? I did not. I just heard they dropped okay. it at the end. Well, a couple things on that game. First, you have to be able to run the ball. And mm-hmm. I, Leach thinks that, I, I, it's obvious right now, I hate that guy. I think he's mm-hmm. a prick. I think he's a bully. I think he bullies his way through because I, I think he's got little man syndrome. Is he a small I man? Just, I just think he's a bully. That's how he. That's how. Or do you think, or do you think he just has a small That's how he penis. tries to lead is through bullying. He might. I don't know. I don't go there. Probably no one else does either. But anyways, that his wife does. But anyways, so I just I think wow. he tries to bully his team, which to me is the worst form of trying to motivate people. And trying mm-hmm. to lead people. Yeah. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room about every damn thing, especially about football. Guy I don't believe has ever played a down of football in his life. He only got interested, he got interested in football in college when he was a graduate assistant. We talked about this last year or the year before. I yeah. He is of the mindset that he thinks he can pass the ball all the time and never has to run, and that offense will work. That offense will work in the Big 12 when he ran it at Texas Tech. You know, Mm -hmm. he puts five wide receivers out there and the other team would be like, holy crap, they got five guys, receivers. What do we do? What happens in the Pac-12? Everybody runs five receiver sets, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. They're used to running nickel and dime coverage all the time. It's not that it's it's not a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. So what? Big deal. Oh, you you run a lot of plays. You don't you run no huddle. Big deal. So does three quarters of the Pac-12. We deal with mm-hmm. it every week. It's not that big a thing. You have to be able to run the ball, and he just thinks he doesn't well, have to. And I, it's and I, I can't remember what the coach was, but the coach that said, you know, only only two things can happen when or three things can happen when you pass the ball, and two of them are bad. Well, true, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, that's just so, what he thinks he can do. I mean, that's why you need to run it yeah, on occasion. I, I agree. You just, you need to be able to sit up. Punch it across for a few yards, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was, and it was it was the returner's fault because they had held them deep in in their own territory. Washington State had held Rutgers to a three and out. Rutgers punted, and all the guy had to do was fair catch the ball. Fair catch the ball, they would have been right at about midfield. And he caught it and tried to run with it, and a guy came flying in, knocked the ball loose. Rutgers recovered, went on a drive to run out a good chunk of the clock. And mm-hmm. it was over. I mean, it was it. So, anyways, we all all lost that one. 
Okay, Beads, the last game on uh, Thursday night was Weber State at Arizona State. And how'd that well, one turn we, out, Billy? I didn't we pay all attention. took Arizona State, and that was good because DJ Foster ran for 147 yards and three touchdowns, and Jalen Strong had 10 catches for 146 yards as Arizona State opened its season with a 45-14 to route of Weber State. That was pretty well expected out of yeah, that game, was it so. not? I think so. Okay. So, All right, Beach, moving on to Friday. We had a couple games on Friday night. Colorado mm-hmm. State played Colorado in Denver. Colorado in Colorado. It was in Denver, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> it was It was Colorado was the home team, but I believe the game was played in Denver. Okay. And we all took Colorado, and we lost. Colorado wow. gave up 266 yards on the ground and the lead in the fourth quarter to lose 31-17. to 17. Well, they gave up quite a lead if they uh, gave they up that up many points. They were up 17-10 to 10 entering the fourth quarter and proceeded to lose it all. Wow. Yeah, gave up a lot of points. And you get up 266 yards on the ground, you're having trouble stopping the run. Mm-hmm. A little bit. So we all lost that one. All right, but you're just moving on. UNLV at Arizona. Okay. We all took Arizona. Anu Solomon threw for 425 yards and four TDs in his first career start, and Arizona broke a 45-year-old school record with 787 total yards in a season-opening 58-13 route over UNLV. Yeah, wow. they basically, anything they ran worked. It was just, it was just a, a, they decimated that team. 787 yards. That's a hell of a lot of yards. That is. So, it's crazy. We all got that one right. Okay, so that took up uh, Friday night. What? Uh, where do we go on Saturday? Billy? Okay, Beach. Uh, first game Saturday, number seven UCLA at Virginia. And we all picked up yes, on this. We, one, yes, we, we did. Not. Now, seventh ranked UCLA scored three defensive touchdowns in the second quarter Saturday, and quarterback Brett Hundley led the team on a critical second half scoring drive as the Bruins escaped Virginia twenty-eight to twenty. Holy crap. Yeah. Now, now Virginia's not considered a strong they're, team, they're, are they? Not, not this year. And UCLA yeah. was ranked seventh and three defensive touchdowns in yeah. one quarter. So that means only one touchdown came from their offense. I think offense. the last time a, a team scored three def- defensive touchdowns in a quarter in the Pac-12 was 1996. I think UCLA did, might have done it in the 80s. But it's hard to score three defensive touchdowns in a game. Oh, Incredibly, I mean, you got a, a yeah. I mean, I was gonna say a pick, pick six, six, is, six is tough score or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's Lock incredible for a touchdown. See, and I don't know if that goes as so a defensive it, touchdown or not. So, so either we got to say that uh, UCLA's defense is something to be concerned with, or Virginia's offense well, just really. Uh, UCLA's defense is very good, mm-hmm. and UCLA's offensive line is horribly beat up, and their offense really? can do a damn thing. Think it'll recover as the it season depends. goes on. I mean, our, our offensive line is a little weak right now, but we're supposed to recover by the third yeah, week, right? Yeah. So, but we we all won that one. Wow. Okay. Yep. Barely. Moving back, Beach. California at Northwestern. Hmm. How'd that one turn out, Billy? I, you know, I didn't watch any. I'm, I'm so bad. I work all the time, so all I do is I go to the Beaver games well, and Beach, I work. You took Cal. I, I would have taken Cal. I'm a home. I'm a homer. Kyle and I took Northwestern. No, the... And okay, uh, Cal quarterback Jared Goff threw for 
281 yards and three TDs, and Jalen Jefferson had a key interception as California hung on to beat Northwestern 31-24, breaking a 17-game FBS losing streak, so losing to football bowl division teams. So the last team they beat was Portland State last year, which is a 1AA team. And they uh-huh. had won since 2012. Yeah. Wow. So you picked that one up, although they damn near lost this game. Northwestern was coming wow. back. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the lead? As of right now, but we've got a few games to go. Okay. okay. Next up, Beach, UC Davis at Stanford. Stanford should have yeah, killed him. Stanford. Um, Ty Montgomery returned his first career punt for a touchdown and caught five passes for 77 yards on another score. And number 11 Stanford tuned up for a date with number 15 South Cal- Southern California by routing UC Davis 45 to nothing. So is that date this yes, week then? Is. Ooh, that's going to be an exciting game. So, but yeah, Stanford pretty much just thumped them. Um, they held them three and out on the first punt of the game. They ran it back for a touchdown, and it was just over after that. So, wow. All right, Beach, moving on. Fresno State at number fifteen, USC. Oh, how did the how did the mighty Trojan? Well, do? we all took USC, and USC quarterback Cody Kessler for, threw for three hundred ninety four yards and four TDs, and ran for another TD. As the Trojans won Steve Sarkeesian's USC debut in commanding fashion, beating Fresno State 52-13. to Now, the Trojans ran a school and Pac-12 record 105 plays while racking up 37 first downs, 701 yards of total offense to Fresno State's 17 first downs and 317 yards. You know, Billy, I heard that uh, they did this, and at halftime, they actually saved a small child from a burning building as well. <laughs> they might have. Uh. I'm sure it'll be posted on their website yeah, probably, shortly. Yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. So we all got that one right. Next up, Beach, uh, number 25, Washington, played at Hawaii. And we all took UW. And UW quarterback Jeff Lindquist completed just 10 passes while filling in for a suspended Siler Miles, earning most of his yards on one long play. Now, LeVon Coleman and Dwayne Washington split carries in a mediocre rushing game, and Washington punted on eight of nine possessions in the second half, everyone except its final one, to run out the clock and win 17-16. Now, quarterback wow. Miles, uh, Siler Miles for UW was suspended for uh, the game for his role in uh, offseason fight. Okay, I was going to ask you why he wasn't Offensive playing. Uh, is it just is it he just, just one game. how long he's supposed to be back? Yeah. One game. Wow, barely held on to that one, and so we get Washington, we get Hawaii yes. after this. Probably a little bitter about that yeah, loss who too. Knows? Who knows? But but yeah, I was surprised that they had to hold on because Hawaii Hawaii's got a big old uh, like two hundred thirty pound running back that just looked like a beast. Just look big. Oh, yeah, it's the big big uh, Polynesian guy who's just crushing them up the middle so hmm. all right beach so we all got hmm. that one two games left first up south dakota at number three oregon you know i didn't it's funny i didn't hear a thing about you this didn't one. hear anything about it huh no i honestly i didn't hear anything right, about beach. it so uh, marcus Mariota threw for 267 yards and three touchdowns then ran for one more before sitting out in the second half leading the third ranked ducks to a 62 to 13 victory o- over south dakota now, Mariota's 62-yard touchdown pass to Dwayne Stanford on Oregon's first series of the game 
gave him the Ducks' career record four touchdowns with 79. He has 64 passing TDs and 14 rushing and one receiving. Surpassing Joey five picks Harrington record of 78 TDs. Can, can I tell you when I heard that he was potentially going to break Joey Harrington's uh-huh. record? I thought, you know, there's one record I really hope he breaks when he plays Oregon State this year. Interceptions in the uh, Civil War? Yep. Mm, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see him just tie it. So. Um, all right. So how, and do, how many games we got left uh, now, Just Billy? one more, Beach. Portland okay. State Who's at this? Oregon State. And, of oh, course, we all know, took I, Oregon State. Of course. And uh, Oregon State quarterback Sean Mannion passed for 328 yards and a TD and rushed for another score. Saturday to pace the Beavers to a 29 to 14 victory over Portland state. Now trailing mm-hmm. 14 to 13 at halftime, Oregon state forced turnovers on five of Portland state's first six possessions of the second half and took the lead for good on Garrett Owens, 26 yard field goal with 10:58 to play in the third quarter. Now Oregon state storm woods had 16 carries for 126 yards rushing and the Beavers finished with 505 yards total of offense to Washington state's 215. Now, Sean Mannion moved into 17th, or excuse me, 7th place on the all-time Pac-12 passing list, moving ahead of Rudy Carpenter, Andrew Walter, and Matt Leinert. Hmm. So, what'd you think of the game, Beach? Uh, you know, I was a little nervous at the beginning. You know, I have very low expectations for our first game of the mm-hmm. season, mainly just because I've been to so many first games mm-hmm. of the season. Um, I didn't think we were going to lose this one, but I was definitely uncomfortable at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We didn't seem to be on fire at all. We didn't seem to be excited to be there. And, uh, so, you know, and if I recall last year, that was the same way in our first game is there wasn't a whole lot of drive, but the second game, they seem to be a hell of a lot more motivated. So maybe that's, maybe that's just our trend. I don't know, but we did look good in the second half. They were starting to put things together. Things were connecting. So maybe we just needed mm-hmm. to warm up. So I don't know. You know what, Billy? All I care is a W is a W. You know, I, I go back. You don't have to be the best team in the Pac-12. You just have to be better than the team you're playing. And that's all we need to be is better than the other team we're playing. And scoring 63 to 13 or whatever that Oregon score was or or 16 to 15, whatever that other score, that other score was um, on, the, on the Hawaii UAW game. In the grand scheme of who who cares? True. You know, I mean, everybody always, you know, well, do you really care what your GPA was when you graduated? Nope, you just need to graduate. No, exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, no nobody ever asks you the, the, those, the, the details. Mm-hmm. When you, when you look at that Pac-12 championship at the end of this season, they're not going to ask you how much you beat Portland no. State by. No, no. And I, I agree, Beej. Um, things were kind of rough at times. But, you know, a win's a win. Mm-hmm. A win's a totally. Win. We'll kind of get into this when we get into our tailgating 101 section. Where we do our top seven. Okay. Hey, Billy, your voice is coming Sorry, in a little fuzzy. Are you, uh, you're still a little fuzzy. I'm hoping it's just Probably my yeah. end. But anyways. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be a win's a win. Take what you can from it and move on. Yeah. All totally. right, Beach. So now we would normally look at the polls, but because there was games tonight, they have not released the polls yet for this week. So we'll wait till okay. next week to look at the polls. So okay. up next, Beach, comes your favorite segment of the day, the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? 
A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week we like to discuss a person or entity in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And Beach, this is kind of a part two from last week's Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week. We need to okay. continue on the USC Josh Shaw controversy. Okay. So, it turns out Josh Shaw was the ultimate jackass of the week last week because he lied <laughs> about how he hurt his ankles. He, in fact... Did they ever Did they ever say how he hurt his no, ankles? No, but there is rumors of pending investigation involving maybe a burglary of some sort. I've heard some different wow. things. So, it's just all rumors and hearsay at this point. But, yeah. So, he did not, in fact, hurt his ankles jumping from the balcony to save a drowning seven-year-old nephew. I don't know how dumb you have to be to think people will buy that kind of excuse, but yeah. Especially if there's an impending police investigation following up on... Possibly. Yeah. Now, but I still want to extend... Because it was so stupid, and, and I know everyone's getting on Shaw, and ultimately, yeah, why the hell did you lie? Right? Well, you know why mm-hmm. he lied, but... You're an idiot. Right? But what to me, the bigger jackass in this whole thing is the USC Athletic Department for putting out the stupid story. That's just You know, it just goes to show you people want to believe what they I want guess. to believe, even no matter how how crazy the truth how crazy the story yeah. sounds. That's just, I mean it's just ridiculous. I don't know. I still don't understand why they put and, out that story. They, they wouldn't even vet it first, not even a little got, bit. And then you've got Coach Sarkeesian saying, well, we've got to properly vet this. Well, why the hell did you put the story out to begin with? That's that's your freaking yeah. morons. So, anyways. Anyway, so we, we continue on. So they're, they're, we got equal jackasses of the week for both the USC Athletic Department Coach Sarkeesian and the player. And player Josh Shaw. Okay. We're, we're pretty much in the same boat, but we, we just confirmed – that last week, what we assumed was the, what we assumed was last week was right is right, and so now mm-hmm. they're all getting another jackass of the week award. So how long is he suspended for? Uh, supposedly indefinitely, but he can't play because wow. his ankles are all messed up. So we'll wait and see if they pull a uh, a University of Oregon and he's miraculously unsuspended once he's able to play again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this, the, the suspension is only while he's it's, it's a suspension, but it's also kind of a medical yeah. leave. So we'll see if that happens. And if it does, I'm sure there'll be another jackass of the week award coming. Nice. All right, beach. It is time of our show where we move on to our musical interlude. And this week or this year, we decided to play a little ACDC every week. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided this last week. We played, uh, there's 14 studio albums that ACDC has released internationally. So we, just, internationally, so we decided yes. we were going to pick one song from each studio album, starting with the first, going through the last, and and uh, play that for our musical interlude to kind of give our listeners a little bit of our musical taste. And, Beej, something very fortuitous happened at the game on Saturday. Uh, do do share with the the audience, Billy. I love. I was so excited to hear it. It was. I was. I was. I, I was sporting chubby yeah, when exactly. I heard it. So the 
at the game, it's become uh, customary for the stadium to play a song at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter. Now, before, well, up until last year. No, two, two years, years ago. Because we okay, had that so stupid little Korean bastard. <laughs> so up until two years ago, it was TNT by ACDC. And then part of the last year was TNT, but then they started doing the Gangnam Style. Because that was kind mm-hmm. of... Which was funny for a week, and I think if you would have done it for a week, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But to do it for the whole rest of the season? Yeah, it kind of sucked. Especially with anybody with any taste so in their mouth. So then last year, they used that... Um, uh, Pull it like a chainsaw, rip uh, it like a chainsaw. Crank it like a chainsaw. From Frank it like a chainsaw. From out yeah. of Georgia, I believe they were. Nobody really cared for that. So this year they were taking uh, suggestions and then votes and yada, yada, yada. And Beach, what song did they play at the start of the fourth quarter last week? Um, she was a fast machine. That, she kept a motor. ACDC what? from the album Back in Black shook me all night long. Which I have yes, beautiful song. for probably 30 years is the best song ever written. It's rockin'. You can bang your head mm-hmm. to it. You can shake your butt to it. It's just about the perfect song. It's It's got and a it, pop and, and, to and, it, and, but and, it's also rockin'. It's it's a perfect song. And it talks about a little, little sexy number as well. Exactly. So that was the third, the fourth quarter song. So that was kind of cool. So I just felt like, hey, yeah. they, they kind of picked up on us. They, someone there in the athletic department must be listening to illegal participation and decided, you know what? Damn it. Those Heinrich boys are right. We better play some ACDC. I'm, I'm surprised we don't get any feedback I'm from I'm surprised that. we don't get any royalty. Yeah, that's true that. You know, we should start patenting our, our yeah. ideas. So, Beach, so so today for ACDC Musical Interlude, we're going to go from their second studio album, International Release. Can can I throw in some interesting facts here? First, the album was 1976's Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap. And you have a little little anecdotes, little fun fun facts to uh, sprinkle over the top I do do have some little little sprinkles to throw on here. Uh, okay, so Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap contains some controversial lyrics. For example, Big Ball's lyrics uses double entendres, referring the title phrase to costume parties and to testicles. I, that's one of my loves for ACDC, is they love the double entendre in, in so many of their entendre? songs. Entendre? Is, it, is that French? Entendre. Double entendre, yeah. Okay. Anyway, furthermore, uh, the term dirty deeds done dirt cheap. This is an interesting little tidbit. Uh, I just assumed that they came up with the, the name themselves, but it says it's actually a homage to the cartoon Beanie and Cecil, which Angus watched, and I'll be Angus Young, by the way, uh, watched when he was a child. One of the cartoon's characters was named Dishonest John, and he carried a business card with him that read, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap, Holidays, Sundays, and special rates. So, huh. yeah. So anyway, just a little little anecdote there. So anyway, so let's uh, to, to uh, what is that? And to no no further ado. Without any further ado. Yeah, there we go. Uh, we shall be playing. What is it, Billy? Squealer. Squealer from Dirty Deeds, Dunder Cheap. 
She said she'd never been Never been touched before She said she'd never been This far before
I love that song, Beach. I don't know if that's one of your favorites, but I just think that song is great. I, I'm partial to write on from this album, but I do love a nice slow ACDC song. Um, Problem Child's also good, but Squealer's not bad. I, I did listen, you know, it, it does it does get your butt shaking yeah, a little totally. bit. So, you know, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Cheap is a good one too, but ultimately everybody knows that one, so it's kind of nice to bring something that the audience might not mm-hmm. have heard. Totally, totally. All right, Breach, after that, uh, you ready to preview week two in the Pac-12? Okay, all right, let's go to right, this. So uh, we got games Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. It's funny because when there's all these preseason games, there's just a ton of games to talk about because nobody's playing mm-hmm. each other. So, All right, so the yeah. next game's Thursday, September 4th. We've got one game. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'll update our standings here. So after week one, Beach, Kyle mm-hmm. and I have are at 9 of 12. You okay. are at 10 of 12. Okay. So I'm going to get ready to write these down. I am going to, this is going to be a little nice point in history here because this is probably the only time I'll ever yeah. lead. Okay. So next week, uh, Thursday night, September 4th, first up, Arizona at UTSA. What the hell is UTSA? Sounds like an airline. UTSA. University of Texas, San Antonio. Okay. So, Beach, what's your pick? Uh, you know, with the way Arizona uh, bitch slapped the team last week, I'm going to go with Arizona. I, too, will be going with Arizona. Okay. Next game is on Friday, September 5th. Washington State at Nevada. I'm going to go with Nevada. Really? Okay. I think Leach is going to I think Leach is going to have a massive fall okay. this year. I hate Leach, but I'm going to go with Washington State. Okay. okay. Uh, moving on, Beach. The rest of the games are all on Saturday, September 6th. First, a lot yeah, of first them. up, Fresno State at Utah. Fresno State taking on their second straight Pac-12 opponent. Well, good for Fresno State. Um, you know, I think I'm going to go with Fresno State on this one. Okay. I'm taking Utah. Utah's got a senior quarterback, and Fresno State's still breaking in a new one. So. Okay. So, um, Moving on, next game, Colorado at Massachusetts. I'm going to go with Colorado on this one. I, I think the Buffaloes got a chance. I think the Civil War last week, while they, you know, that's a tougher game than most. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, too, will go with Colorado. I just don't think UMass is very good. So <laughs> that's my first thing. So, all right, Beach. Moving on, next game, Sacramento State at California Berkeley. Hmm. That's a tough call, isn't it? How 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 did Sac State do last I don't week? Know. Do you know? You have to look it up. Hmm. Did we did we lost to Sacramento State last year? Didn't yeah, we? Uh, three years ago. Three years ago. Oh. I'm gonna go with Sac State. I'm gonna break this one up. I'm going to Sac okay. State. I'm gonna go with Cal. I think Cal is not very good, but I think they're good enough to beat Sac State. Okay. So. All right, Beige. Next up, one of the – this one's an interesting one. Is their quarterback going to be back? Washington's. Uh, supposedly. So Eastern Washington at number 25, Washington. And supposedly their, their head quarterback will be back. So it's only one game mm-hmm. suspension. Hmm. Eastern Washington. The Volcanoes, right? Screaming Eagles? The Eagles, red, yeah. Whatever, the red, the red yeah, they stadium. Yeah, the red the red, turf. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Washington on this one. With their quarterback back, I think they'll kick Western Washington's butt. Hmm. I'm stuck on this one. <laughs> I'm going to go with Eastern Washington. I think they're, I, they're got the same quarterback. They're good. They're good. They're yeah, a good team. I'm, I'm going to go with them. I think they're going to have an even bigger chip on their shoulder to beat UW. So we'll see what Kyle picks. It'll be interesting to see what he says. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Okay, next up, the one of the premier games in the Pac-12 in the nation, number 15 USC at number 11 Stanford. I am going to go with Stanford. Okay. It's at Stanford. Right. Um, I think USC has got a little too much drama uh-huh. right now. And I think Stanford's going to win out. It's going to be tight, though. Hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I think I'm also going to take Stanford. I just okay. think uh, USC beat Stanford last year, and I think Stanford's going to remember that, and they're going to come out and punch him in the mouth. Yeah, that, that game's going to be tighter than an Asian hooker. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay, Beach. Next up, the other premier game in the nation and in the league, number eight, Michigan State, at number three, Oregon. If it was the other way around, if it was at Michigan State, yep, um, I would pick Michigan State. So you're taking Oregon? Screw that. We're, we're doing a George Costanza uh-huh. this week. No, I'm going with Michigan What's State. George Costanza? Do everything the opposite you normally okay. would do. I'm changing my lifestyle, Billy. Oh. I've had a lot of bad luck lately, so I'm trying to do the opposite okay. now. Well, I, too, yeah. am taking Michigan State. I just... Michigan State, well, one, Oregon had a hard time handling South Dakota's running game last week. They had a hard mm-hmm. time. South Dakota could move the ball on the ground on them. Their offense did fine. Yeah, it was their, their defense. defense was well, their offense did okay. Um, well, Mariota was out by yeah, the second half. But Oh, Oregon's offense was great. But their defense, okay. I thought, had trouble really stopping South Dakota. And okay. I think Michigan State's going to do what South Dakota did, but obviously 100 times better. And they're just going to run it down mm-hmm. their throat. And I mm-hmm. also think Michigan State lost some DBs, but they've got a couple back, and I think they're going to be able to to put a handle on Oregon. So, and I don't think that crowd noise is going to bother them one bit. You got two massive games yeah, this week, both in the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. Game day, uh, ESPN game day will be at Oregon on Saturday. Gosh. Have they been to Oregon more than any no, other no, school? No, there's others they've been to a lot more, but in the Pac-12, it's okay. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon well, you know, with that one too. That when they're pulling up two different conferences, so you can understand why they're coming to Oregon. Well, and it is the best game in the in the nation this week. I mean, just yeah. on paper, it's yeah. the best looking game. So true. Okay, true. so we're both taking Michigan State. Interesting. Interesting. Be interesting to see what Kyle says. I wish Kyle would have gotten off his ass and did well, his I'm, job. I'm looking. I keep trying to see if he's going to send me an email, and I'm not getting anything. So I keep updating here, and nothing coming through. So Kyle's letting us down. I'm not even getting um, in a credit. Yep, nothing. So, all right, Beach. Next up, number 19, Arizona State at New Mexico. I'm going to go with ASU on this one. I think the Sun Devils are going to bitch slap New Mexico I pretty agree. good. I agree. I'm taking Arizona State also. Okay. Not much to say there. Next up, Beach, Memphis at number seven, UCLA. I'm going to go with Ukla. Me too. If if UCLA's offense is still sputtering, that defense, I think, is just too much for them to handle. That defense is good. Yeah. 
Well, like I said, they have trouble figuring out that those extra 20 yards come from when they play every week. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, that short practice facility. Our, our field wasn't this long and during the week. What happened? Pretty much. Okay, Beach. <laughs> so the last game of the week, I'm taking UCLA also. Last game of the okay. week is Oregon State at Hawaii. I think we're going to have one hell of a hard game next week, okay. personally. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think we'll come out uh, in the end, but I think it's going to be darn close. I think it's going to be by less than a touchdown. Okay. So you're taking Oregon State? I'm taking Oregon State. I, I cannot not take the Beavers. Okay. I, I, I'd i have to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. Have to hurt yourself? Before yeah, you I'm a cutter or something. Yeah, do something. Okay. I don't know. Well, Beach, I'm going to get rid of the old paper and keep the new one. So, all right, cool. Well, I'll get Kyle's listed on here, and we'll go through those next week. So, Okay. All right, cool. All right, Beach. Well, obviously this week the Beavs are playing at Hawaii, so mm-hmm. we're not going to have to uh, preview the tailgater. Or we, we previewed um, Hawaii last year. What what episode was that, Billy? Shoot, Beach. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. We're, we're episode 45, so probably episode... 30, 30, maybe 33, 30 or 31, 32, 33, uh, probably 30 ish, 29. Okay. So if people really need to find out about Hawaii. They can go, yeah. uh, go back, they can go back there. But, but we, had, we, that was a great tailgate that last Hawaii year tailgate with our, was awesome. the, the freaking pork was fantastic. Actually, what are you oh my doing God. On Saturday? Saturday. Um, I don't have any plans. I've got Saturday. a pork shoulder. I think I'm going to cook up and we're gonna do pulled pork okay can we invite some hot wet bitches um (laughs) i'd rather not you know it's Uh, i don't want a big mess in the house (laughs) so (laughs) that's my kind of thought is mateus coming no jess and i just talked about it and i'm gonna get the pork shoulder ready to go i'm gonna start at probably about six in the morning on the trailer okay so if you're interested it's out there. Yeah, I got nothing else. It's out there. Can't dance and it's too wet to go. plow. Um, so, and I, we're, you know, normally we talk about tailgating at the away games, but quite frankly, Beach, I don't think anyone's going to tailgate. You can't get a vehicle there. Yeah, you that's know, true. It's, if people are flying in, they're just going to eat or do. I don't. I just don't see visiting teams tailgating. There, you can't. You'd have you'd have to buy everything and bring it with you. Mm-hmm. So I just there's I hear I hear there's a Costco not too yes, far away though. Yes, that's what I hear. But uh, I know I hear the same thing. But um, yeah, I just, everybody buys everything, everything at Costco when they get I there. All I know is that's the Loja Stadium where you play. You're not too far from the airport. Uh, mm-hmm. The Hawaii fans like to throw stuff in the air every time they score or do something well, and it's so windy. There's always garbage all over the field. What kind of crap do they like throw in the air? Like confetti and stuff. But it's really windy through there, and there's always garbage blowing across the field. It just looks like a trash <laughs> heap. When I watch the game this week, I have to take a look yeah, for crap. Look for it. So anyway, so we're really not going to preview the game that much. I think it's going to be a tough game. Like I said, uh, Hawaii looks really physical. Um, big yeah, boys, big big dudes. Um, Doesn't Oregon State do a little recruiting over there while they're there? That's why they play there. So okay. um, they recruit so that way people there on the island see the Beavs come in and play. And that way all the recruits, I think the Beavs have seven or nine guys from the islands. And that way their mm-hmm. family can come see them play. That is so, pretty cool. You know, 
it's a good good idea for the beeves. It's cool for the uh, players and stuff. So, yeah. Now, how long how long has their quarter uh, their uh, coach been coaching there? Because Mouse Davis was there for a while as well as uh, it was, was, it it was June Jones for quite a while. He was the one that was really successful in the last uh, number of years. But he left and went okay. to SMU, and now it's Norm Chow, who ooh from USC. USC. Really, he got his start as the offensive coordinator at BYU for like two okay. decades, and then he kind of bounced around. He was at USC. He was here. He was there. He's the head coach there. And you know, they didn't look too bad last week. No, no. Well, Norm Chow is well respected. Yeah. So I mean, he he's what made USC so dominant for so yeah, many years. Although, uh, a report came out a couple weeks ago that. Hawaii is actually the athletic director is actually threatening about cutting football. What the hell's wrong? Well, with the these problem people? is Hawaii is one of the only Division One schools where football does not make money. It actually costs How? them money because the cost because of the traveling. Cost of traveling, yes, because it's one thing to travel there every once in a while. Whenever they fly, they've got to fly all you know thousands of miles. And you're flying, you know, a hundred people, and so while most you're booking a whole well, plane, they're they're traveling uh, uh, on a charter plane anyway. I mean, the beeves do pretty much anyone does because you're flying so many people and and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, just think about moving your gear. Like the beeves, they have a giant semi truck that takes mm-hmm. off, you know, a few days before they're supposed to play somewhere and meets them wherever they're going to play. So if they're going to Tucson, it takes off on Tuesday and it meets them on Friday in Tucson or whatever. But think wow. about why they got to get all their stuff on the plane. Mm-hmm. How do the other sports fare though? Cause I mean, no, even but then, it's a, but it's a, the other sports it's a smaller, it's, it's a smaller probably, team and you can fly, you know, you're just going to fly a regular passenger plane. You're not. Flying. Yeah, but they can't, they can't make well, much money. They don't, but I mean, you got to look at most other sports at, at most division one schools. They don't make money. Some basketball programs so, turn a profit. So, so, so Hawaii doesn't have any sports no. that make money. Then, so most places like, if like at Oregon State, if they cut football, that would be a problem because football actually makes money to help pay for the other sports. At Hawaii, mm-hmm. if they cut football, they'll have more money to pay for the other sports. Not, not necessarily more no, money, but more they money they'll because they're actually taking money out of the general fund to help subsidize football. It's not like okay. football has extra money that they're putting. But, but aren't they taking money? Aren't they taking money out of the general fund to subsidize How, all the sports? They do it, yeah. But I'm just saying, they'll be they'll be taking less money out of the yeah, general fund. Be, be have more money by cutting football, which most other schools yeah, you're, doesn't you're not, work. You're, yeah, you're not making any more money. You're just you're spending. Spend, you're less. going in the yeah. whole. You're going in the whole. Less. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, Beach. Well, let's move on to our final segment of the show. What I like to call the tailgating one-on-one segment which always doesn't have to do about tailgating, but it's kind of where we do our top seven lists. So today, Beej. Lists. 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 Top seven there lists. I'm sorry, uh, was I not emphasizing? No, your emphasis was on the wrong syllable there. Lists. Okay. So right. top seven <laughs> lists. Today, <laughs> we're going to do the top seven it's like, it's like listening to, to a Cindy Brady. He fell, he fell by the Thethor. <laughs> that mean old buddy Hinton. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay, go on. Knock it off, buddy. All right, so. <laughs> t- Can I probably want to eat Cindy's books? <laughs> he knocked my tooth right. loose. Okay. What are you doing for this? 
Peter really has a really good right, uh, was it right hook or left hook or something? Right hook, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on, Beach. The top seven Beaver fan bitches after a win. So, Beach, what do you I, think I, I wish I could find, I wish I could find some bitches after yeah, a I win. Mean that. I mean, people bitching about stuff. Oh, okay, I, different, different terminology. That their team could win, and they're such a bunch of morose mothers. You know, it's just like, what the hell? They won. How can you be this pissed off? I don't know. How can you be this down in the mouth that they won? You know, it's because they think that there's another team in Oregon. Let's get to our list. Let's get to our list. So, all right. Let's start with number seven, Beach. Number seven reasons or Beaver fan bitches after a win. Number seven. Okay. But the Beavs didn't cover the spread. You know, Miracle Whip is the only spread yeah. I know of, and I don't, right. and, I, and I don't like yeah. either. So, yeah, so I, I just don't think I don't believe in well, spreads. You know, that's good for betters. I heard about the spread before the game. I thought I think it was like thirty-four points. Beach, I'm the one of the biggest Beaver fans around. Oh, I would, I would put money on PSU. That's a hell of a lot of points, and Portland State wasn't a bad offensive football team last year. No, their quarterback is is yeah. seasoned, and not a bad football team last year. I would never no, have. Not. I would never have taken that. I, would, mm-hmm. I mean, I would have taken the thirty four points all day long. So you know yeah. what? When it comes right down to it, it doesn't matter if you cover the spread unless you're betting on the game. It only matters mm-hmm. if you win. Like Beach, like you said earlier in the show, in two thousand, how much did Oregon State when the the year two thousand, the year the Beavs went to the Fiesta Bowl, and they were eleven and one, and probably the best team in the nation at the end of the year how much did oregon state beat eastern washington by in the first game don't have a 21 clue. to 19 and barely wow. won that as it was they had to come back to win that <clears throat> so you know the only thing i can tell you is we won every game and we lost to uh yep. u of dub and that's what it comes down to is all that mm-hmm. really matters yeah and the u of dub game was a close <sighs> one too won that game Anyways. Yeah, but... All right, Beach. So, number six in our top seven Beaver fan bitches after a win list. That PSU running quarterback ran all over the Beavs again. I kept hearing that. People bitching about, we can't stop a running quarterback. Yada, yada, yada. Well, Beach, so Portland State ran in two quarterbacks. Um, the first quarterback that started, who was a senior, a little bit better of a passer. And then the other guy, number 15, who is a redshirt freshman or a sophomore. I can't remember which. And mm-hmm. he was more of the running quarterback. And he did okay. rip off three nice runs against the Beef. He had that one mm-hmm. long one for the touchdown to start the second half. He had mm-hmm. another 11 or 12-yard run for a touchdown. That put him ahead 14. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. also had a scramble for about 35 yards in the in the first half. Mm-hmm. After that, the, Beef, the Beavers' defense adjusted. And he didn't mm-hmm. run the ball for crap afterwards. Right? <clears throat> yeah. No, and, no, I... And, that, and that's why you have yeah, a halftime. Well, and, and really what happens is if you watch that first play where he ran that long one, the Beavs shifted because Portland State put a, a receiver in motion. The Beaver linebacker shifted out of their position following the motion, and that guy ran free. Dude, you or I could have run through that. There was nobody there. We would have gotten caught. We would have <laughs> scored. But we could have gotten by the first and second level of that defense to get in the backfield. I mean, that's how open it was. Um, after that, yeah. the Beavers – Changed what they were doing. 
you make that adjustment. That's what football is about, is about making adjustments to what the other team is doing, you know, to try and counteract what they're doing. And the Bees did that. Totally. So, you know, mm-hmm. better than I saw last year. So, my thing is, he had, did he have a couple of nice runs? Yes, he did. But then they adjusted and shut him down. Okay, Beach, number five on our top seven Beaver fan bitches after a win. Beaver's had mm-hmm. too many penalties. That'll kill him later in the season. Better to get him out now than later on in the this, season. This one, I agree. I agree. That will kill you later in the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That being said, we're not later in the season. They still won the game. And most of those mm-hmm. penalties were stupid mental mistakes that can be fixed. Well, and, and I don't think I, – I don't know where those refs came from, but they blew some oh, they terrible did. I, calls. I agree. The non-call on, should have been roughing the, uh, the returner when he fair caught the ball. And the guy ran up and popped him. Didn't knock him down, but there was no reason to hit him like that. You've got to throw the flag right there. Mm-hmm. And then there was a non-call on that uh, pass uh, interference. That, oh, God. And he was pulling yeah, he was him pulling, down. Yeah, on Bolden. And, 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 and you know that ref knew yeah. he blew it. And so, yeah. There, was there some – will, will the, the Beavers penalties kill him later? Yes. But these are also things that you fix now. We're not later in the mm-hmm. season. Fix them now. You, you, you know – your deficiencies after this game, you've got film of yourself playing a different team, not playing yourself. You know, it's hard to fix things when you've got your guys playing your guys in the scrimmage. You've got them playing the other team. Now you can go back and fix these things. All right, Beach, moving on to number four on our top seven list of Beaver fans bitches after a win. Beaver's red zone offense was horrible. Keep hearing that. Their red zone offense was horrible. And you know what? With this one, I agree. (laughs) <laughs> right it's stunk. so are you saying billy that maybe these people's bitches are well, justified this one was i mean it was 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 okay. it horrible yeah it was horrible that being said the beefs had over 500 yards of offense so we know yeah they're offense so we know yeah. they can move the ball they also mm-hmm. tried to run the ball a little bit when they were down inside inside the 10 so mm-hmm. you know the beefs had you know uh, storm woods had a 100 yard rushing game the beefs rushed for 170 yards i think so hey, that's a good thing. You know, we want we wanted a rushing game. We didn't have that last year. Look, we're getting rushing. Did we get the points we wanted? No. But the other thing was our kicker, who up until a week ago wasn't our starting kicker, hit five of seven field goals. And one he missed was a fifty yarder that had they not called a timeout was good the kick before. Yeah. So yeah. you know, pick what you can get, right? Take what you mm-hmm. can get. I'm glad that that Owens got some practice kicking field goals. That looked good. Um, you still won the game. Do I want to see him score touchdowns in the red zone and not field goals? Of course I do. But they're still putting points on the board. So, you know, take what you can get at this point. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, learn from your, your learn from your mistakes. Look at the film. See what you did wrong. See what you can prove, and move on to week two. I just don't understand all the hand wringing about all this. I think some people just live. I agree. I agree. All right, Beach, number three in our top seven list. The clock management. The clock management at the end of the first half was horrid. Again, this is one I agree with. I've seen this time and again from Oregon State, and I I don't know. I I was reading a an interview that Riley did. And in the interview, it almost sounded like he left. The clock management was almost in Mannion's hands. 
So really, that's kind of what I got out of it. It sounded like Mannion was supposed to kind of set things up and go that they weren't necessarily feeding plays into him. Maybe just a formation. And then he was supposed to set up, look and see and go. So on that part, the part of that's on Mannion. He needs to be aware of that. That being said, in college football, the coach on the sideline can call a timeout. When he sees that much time going, call the damn timeout. I would like to see a graduate assistant or an assistant coach who's standing right beside Riley all the time, Mm -hmm. just kind of chirping in his ear a little bit, like, okay, coach, you know, if they don't get out of bounds, we might need to call a timeout. We're 40 seconds. We might need to call a timeout. Somebody that's there just kind of chirping in his ear, and his job is to watch the clock. You don't worry about it. You just look at down and distance and the clock. Do we, should we call a timeout? Is this a good time? And that's all you're worried about. You're not worried about if they're going to run a run play next, if they're going to run a pass play, what their formation they're running. You're just thinking about down and distance and clock management. So I would like to see that. So that's one I kind of agree with. That being said, if they're putting it on Mannion, well, I'm glad that they're giving him that responsibility because that'll help out later down the line, especially for his, his future. <coughs> But I think it'll help the bees down the line if they don't have to worry about stuff coming in from the sideline after every play. Yeah. But but yeah. But on the flip side of that, the coaches have to be ready to call the timeout if they need to. Yeah, they got to be backing yeah, exactly. them up. They they have to. There's a certain point where you said, oh, boom, we're we're we've, we're wasting six seconds. Call the timeout. Because there's one point they ran 13, 14, 15 seconds. The, the, there's just no reason why in in college football you should be getting delay of game penalties. I agree with that too. And that just, it just always pisses me off because again, it just seems so stupid. Now I know one thing, the new offensive coordinator, uh, John Garrett actually is on the sideline. He is not up in the booth. So he is on the sideline calling plays to Riley and then Riley okays him to go in. So, wow. Well, well, Riley is quote unquote calling plays, but I'm sure Garrett's calling them and they have to get checked off by Riley before they get, Mm -hmm. go in. So, so that's yeah. interesting. I've never seen uh, – I've rarely seen an offensive coordinator that doesn't want to be in the booth so we can have an overhead view, see what they're doing, and that kind of stuff. So it's interesting. Riley said yeah. it worked well, but I don't know. It remains to be seen. We won. Eves won, exactly. <laughs> All right, Beavs, let's move on to number two on our top seven list of Beaver fan bitches after a win, that there was okay. no fire in this team. If you hear that, there was no fire in this team. I didn't see him want to play. Maybe at times, yes, possibly. But what I, I, I saw more excitement. I, I saw more excitement in the second half exactly, than I did the first half. Exactly. You get five turnovers in a game. There's some excitement going on. You see some of those things they were doing, some of those licks they were laying on people. If nothing else, there was defensive fire, and I think that'll carry over to your offense, right? Really, what I want, I want my defense fired up. I want my offense calm, cool, and collected, going out there and doing what they need to do. I want my defense fired up. I want my defense running around hitting people in the mouth. That defense mm-hmm. held Portland State to 215 yards for the game. They only had 40 yards in the second half. That's domination. 40 yards in the second half. It is. Half. You're not getting anything. So, anyways, I... I I think there were times where there wasn't fire, but in that second half, that changed. They came out lit up and ready to go. All right, Beach. So number one on our top seven Beaver fan bitches after a win. Bitches. <laughs> Oregon will beat the Beavs at the end of the season. I hate that. 
quit comparing yourselves to Oregon. You know what I mean? First of all, mm-hmm. I don't compare the beeves to those cheaters down south. Actually, that's not usually what I say. The cheaters and whores down south. Because that's what yeah. they are. Cheaters and, watch me enunciate this one, cheaters and whores. 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 Anyways, yeah, that's what they are. They're cheaters and whores. Don't compare yourself to them. Right? And that game is three months away. You don't play mm-hmm. them next. You play Hawaii. That's the only one that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, the Beavs damn near beat those suckers last year down there in Autzen. Nobody mm-hmm. thought that would happen. I did. I thought the Beavs could beat them. I still think they can. And there's a lot of games to play, and a lot of stuff can happen between now and then. And you don't have to worry about it. Who cares? You're not playing the Ducks this week. You're playing the mighty Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii. Anything to add? You're just sitting there nodding. True. Uh, you know, like I said, there's things about when I watch Oregon's team that I appreciate. So, like, I like their clock management. I like when you watch their team and they seem excited on the field and everybody seems to know what their job is constantly. Uh-huh. My, my biggest complaint about Oregon State is when there's a sense there, – there should be a sense of urgency on the field and you don't see it coming from all the players. You know, the, the, the hustle to get back to the line, the, the hustle to, to get to the huddle. Um, we just don't always seem to have the desire. And when, when you look at a team like Oregon, at least under Chip Kelly's reign for the most part, every player just seemed like they knew exactly, you know, A happens, you do B. B happens, you do C. You know, they're, they're just so regimented. I don't know how their practices are where they just seem so... Um, drilled but they just know exactly where they're supposed mm-hmm. to be and and that, that goes back and again that's my bitch on the time management thing it's just like you know it just seems like somebody should have that job of of making sure they're on time making sure and and if everybody was hustling and, and playing they had their head in the game then you shouldn't have any time management mm-hmm. issues so not that i like to compare oregon state to oregon but i would say if 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 you, that is one thing that Oregon does really, really well, which I wish Oregon State would pick up on. Um, the other crap I could care less about, but it's just their 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 team is so drilled mm-hmm. on on what to do next. Um, but I would never want to be one of those cheaters in a horse. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do agree. I, uh, you know, but, but, there's, but there's a lot of things I, I like about some of the other teams. You know, uh, one of the coaches um, I always liked was. Um, Oh shoot! You know my name, my my, what's his face with the Seahawks? Pete Carroll. Um, Pete Carroll. You know, he was one of my favorite coaches to watch. You know, if I could pick out like my favorite things here, Pete Carroll's one of my favorite coaches to watch on TV because that man loved football. He still does. He gets excited to be in the he's game. Having fun. He, he's he's having fun. He's passionate more so than Chip Kelly. I I couldn't stand to watch Chip Kelly on the sidelines. He's just a he's dingleberry. A and I tried to. I tried to keep us from getting the the R rating with uh, you. You, you, you can, you can <laughs> say dick on the radio. Yeah. Really? Okay, that's you can good say to know. Dick on TV. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, so Pete Carroll loved loved his loved his coaching attitude. I mean, just a fantastic mm-hmm. guy. Um, you know, Dennis Erickson. I love the way he motivated mm-hmm. a team. You know, Oregon State has not. I mean, the going back to your your passion and your 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 defense excitement stuff. To me, Dennis Erickson had Oregon State excited. The players were always excited to be out there on this on mm-hmm. the field. 
you, you would see it in the, in their actions and their mannerisms and how they reacted with one on each other and on yeah. the field. So, I mean, but again, you can go back and you can say, yeah, Dennis Erickson did this, but you know, the 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 uh, education I would say or the 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 effort scholastically of our team suffered during Dennis Erickson's reign. Yeah, but I also say during Dennis Erickson's reign that the Beavs had a problem with lots of personal fouls. They, they did a lot. I was going to say penalties and stuff like that. So you, you have a you're going to with with that yeah. kind of attitude you're going to get. They walked a, a fine line, and usually they were kind of slipping mm. over the other side. The only good news is they were so so good on the other side that the penalties didn't hurt them as no, that's much. That's not true. One year it didn't. Okay. One year it didn't. But, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. I still think in in the other three years it did yeah. hurt them. Yeah, so I'm, I don't know. You just get different dynamics of coaches, and and their their effect is different on. No, I, I hear people say that they don't think Riley is animated enough, but if you watch him, he's having fun when he's out there coaching. He does do he's that. He's got a great rapport with his players, and if you see, if you've ever watched any of the after game when they've got a crew, you know, in the locker room filming after the game, and they do that cheesy hip hip hooray thing, those guys mm-hmm. love that. Yes, really? watch the looks on the players' faces. They are excited to do it, right? Okay, okay. We find it stupid, kinda, but kind of like kind of like the old ooh ah for Glencoe. Ooh ah for Glencoe. How how is it dumb to get up there and go ooh ah ooh? Yeah, but you know what? Damn it, you earn that. You look forward to that, right? They mm-hmm. earn those hip hip arrays. Now this week, they only had three. They did three hip hip arrays, and that was it. I've seen them do like six or seven when they've got big wins. So hmm. outside people see it as cheesy or stupid. The team doesn't, and that's what matters. And like I said, Riley's in the game. And my thing is, does Riley get as pissed off as Erickson does or some of those other coaches out there? No, he's not all around peacocking for the no, for the camera. But when he gets I was gonna say he's he's not he's not near he's not as animated. Peacocking is what I call it. But when he gets pissed okay. and he gets into a in, into a player, it means a hell of a lot more than when a Stoops gets pissed off and into a player. Because it loses impact. Because he does, because it, all he does it all the time. Stoops does it all the time. Yeah. When Riley does it, yeah. you know you're in trouble. Where did Stoops go? Is he even coaching oh, anymore? Oh, he's the defensive coordinator, I believe, at Arizona. Or I mean, at uh, Oklahoma for his brother again. Oh, oh okay. Which okay. is probably what he needs to do because he's pretty good at that. Is his brother pretty good coach? He's been pretty successful down there at Oklahoma. So, you know, Bob's done a good job. I just don't think everybody's set up to uh, run the ship, as it were. You know. Yeah, some people are better steering or, or uh, rowing yeah. an oar. All right, Beach. So uh, that was a good top seven list. Not real funny today. Not super funny. We weren't going for humor. I was just going for things that kind of irritated me that I've heard. The Beavs won. Why are you pissed off? I don't understand. Dude, where we are one win closer to a Pac-12 championship. That's right. That's right. So that's all so. that matters. All right, Beach. So uh, that was a good show. I, I want to thank yeah. everyone for listening to show 45 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. Voicemail, 541-207-3586. Email, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Heinrich Tailgater or look for Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. Um, hopefully this week we will get uh, the podcast up on iTunes and you'll be able to resubscribe there. I will probably have to change the feed 
because iTunes doesn't want me to use the old feed and I don't know the code so I could put it into this feed to get it bumping to the old feed. So I'll probably just have to call it, instead of illegal participation with the Heiner Tailgater, it's just going to be illegal participation. So be aware of that. I'll uh, send a message out when we get that. Um, and uh, also remember to check out HeinerTailgater.com. So uh, thanks, Beach. Thank you, Billy. Always a pleasure to be show. here. Next week we'll have show number 46, which is crazy. We've got 46 of these things in the can. Uh, we'll talk about more Beavers and Pac-12 news. We'll recap week two. We'll preview week three. And the Beavs, Beavs, are going to have a bye week. A bye, a bye week. week? The Beavs don't play next week. So Sweet. Yeah, so we'll have to get that done. All right, so uh, we're going to end the show like we do every show with a great big Go Beavs. Marky Mark missed Donnie's wedding, I found out today. How do you do that? I don't know. It just says Mark missed Don's, Donnie's wedding. Because that makes news. Donnie get married to what's her name? Yeah, who'd he get married to? I thought he was dating Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. Yep, that looks... Here's what happened. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. Let's make this happen. Let's do the shiz. Okay, you can't do that right there. Scratch what? yourself. Scratch? Because I can totally hear it, and it picks it up, and I could hear it last week. You did it several times. No <laughs> scratching. Billy said I can't scratch anymore. Got a scratch phobia. Stop it. I'm about ready to start talking and you start keep yabbering on.